time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Hey, happy Friday to you. Welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast. I don't know if it's morning or evening or the middle of the day, lunchtime when you're listening to this broadcast, but whatever it is, I want to wish you a great day. I hope today's been a good day for you. Hey, in over 30 plus years uh, from being a pastor and traveling around being a speaker and counseling people and leading Bible studies and the th- really the tens of thousands of times that, that I've had conversations with people about the Bible and about their Christian life, one question seems to rise to the surface a lot. In fact, there are really two questions I get a lot from people. And one is, Jeff, how can I really know that I'm a Christian? Because that word Christian is really tossed around a lot. And the second question is, can I lose my salvation? I mean, is it possible for me to lose my salvation? Today, I'm going to talk about that very that first question. And then on Monday's broadcast, I'm going to address that second question, can you lose your salvation? But how do you know that you're really a Christian? You know? I mean, do you really know that you're a Christian? For sure? How? What do you base that on? You see, because a lot of people have doubts about their salvation. They wonder whether or not they are a real Christian. And there are many reasons why people have doubts about their salvation. One of the reasons is because they made a decision to follow Christ when they were a child. You know, some some people I know trusted Christ at like age three. And as they go on their life, they look back and they go, well, what, what, what I could have really known at age three? I mean, come on, what, what, is a, what does a three-year-old really get? You know, what kind, of, what kind of deep truth can a three-year-old really understand? I know, I've known churches that won't baptize little children because of that very reason. Oh, we need to wait and see if they're a real Christian or not. Give them, give them time. Even though Jesus said, come to me like little children in the simplicity of faith. But, but regardless... You doubt because, you know, well, that was way back then. What could I have really known? But what about me now? Am I a Christian now? Another reason people have doubts about their salvation is because of struggles with sin in their life. And they say to themselves, well, you know, a real Christian wouldn't commit these sins or wouldn't struggle with these sins or be tempted by these sins. So that's a reason. Another reason that people have doubts is because of of a sort of a chronic lack of success in their Christian life. In other words, it's not just that they're, they're negatively committing sin. They just can't positively move forward spiritually. There's just been no real progress, no real growth in their life. And so for that reason, they, they doubt their salvation. Another reason why people doubt their salvation is because the, the, Events or the moment surrounding their salvation experience was full of emotion. You know, maybe there were tears involved or there was fear involved or maybe there was, you know, a a setting where, you know, you were just emotionally kind of drawn to God. And so, you know, guess what? Those emotions have long since left and you don't feel those same kind of emotions anymore. So, you know, gosh, you know, it it felt so real then then if I don't feel those emotions now, does that mean that my salvation is not now real as well? So you doubt your salvation. Another reason that people doubt their salvation is because 
Satan tempts them. And he tells them and whispers in their ear, or rather one of his demons do, that you're not really saved. I mean, you, you think you're saved, but I want to keep putting that doubt in your mind. And I used to have students in my ministry that, that would be like this. They would, they would doubt their salvation constantly. What I knew, in my heart at least, that they were saved. And yet they continued to doubt. And so Satan is a cause of doubt as well. And there's another cause of doubt. There's one more source of doubt concerning someone's supposed salvation. And you know where that one comes from? It comes from God. Sometimes God wants someone to doubt salvation because God knows they're not saved. And God wants them to doubt that faulty salvation experience that happened whenever so that they can have a genuine salvation experience. Talk about that, more about that in just a second. Well, first, let's define what the Bible says about how a person is saved, how a person becomes a Christian. You know, we throw these terms around out in the church. We say, accept Jesus into your heart, which is never in the Bible, by the way, but, you know, it sounds good. I know what it's trying to say, right? Let's, let's use the language the Bible uses, okay? The Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, Romans 10. The Bible says in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave, gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. So here's what we can find out from that verse. First of all, the word believe. Well, the word believe is a Greek word which means to cling to or to trust in or to rely on something. It's not mental assent. It's not merely mentally agreeing with a, a set of facts, okay? Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and he was buried and he rose again, and now he's alive. That saves no one. It's not the mental believing in a, in a historical fact even if that historical fact is the fact that he died for you. You can accept that and still not be saved. To believe means to cling to, means to hold on to, means to grip. It means to to put your whole weight on something. It's not an effort thing, okay? But it's a resting in. Just like right now, you're sitting probably in a chair somewhere or in your car or whatever. You're, you're relying upon that car, that, that chair to hold you up. It's casting your full weight on him. It's saying to Jesus, belief means saying to him, you are my only hope for heaven, my only hope of having my sins forgiven. That's it. That's all I got. It's not me. It's nothing I do. That's what believe means. It means to cling to, to trust in, to rely on. And the second thing, we'll talk more about that in a second. The second thing is that John says in 1 John 5, 13, he says that God wants you to know that you have eternal life. Not to guess or to hope or to one day maybe feel confident about. No, he wants you to know it, to be confident about it. So let's look at a couple of things that God says about salvation. And there's much, much, much more we can say about this. We're just kind of hitting the high points here. 
on how to know you're a Christian. First of all, salvation is by grace through faith. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says that. For by grace you're saved through faith, that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast about it. I mean, if you could get to heaven by doing something, then you could brag about it. But you, you don't get to heaven by doing anything. You get to heaven by believing something, right? It's not an effort-based salvation like every other religion on the planet. Only Christianity is by grace through faith. So what is grace? Well, grace is God giving you and me something that we don't deserve. That something is salvation. And those same verses, even the faith to believe in him is really a gift from him as well. And so salvation is by grace. It's a gift. It's a gift for the guilty, not a reward for the righteous, okay? Secondly, salvation and saving faith, and this is where it gets tricky for a lot of people, saving faith, true saving faith, is accompanied by fruit, or James calls it works. It's accompanied by works. Faith without works is dead faith. Okay, so rather than thinking that it's faith plus works, God says, no, it's, it's the kind of faith that does work eventually. See, when we come into a true saving relationship with Jesus, there's going to be spiritual fruit in our lives at some point. We're going to have fruit in our lives. We're going to have the fruit of desire to want to know God, to want to follow him. There's going to be the fruit of praise, uh, Hebrews tells us. There's going to be spiritual fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We're going to want to follow him. We're going to have a changed heart from the inside out. So that's what faith does, that kind of saving thing. Because when we believe, when we cling to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit comes to rest inside of us, to reside inside of us, then he starts producing these things as we grow in him. And so there's going to be spiritual fruit. That's what true saving faith. So someone who has claimed to be a Christian and yet there's no fruit whatsoever, ever, then that person is suspect. Now, we're not called to go out and to simply judge other people's salvation. That's ultimately between them and God. But if you look at your own life and there's no spiritual fruit, if you're not producing, if God's not producing fruit through you at, at some point, then there's a good possibility that you don't have saving faith, you just have mental faith, okay? Now, there are people that Jesus talked about in the Bible, and this is, again, where it gets a little bit tricky, who had this outward-looking fruit, and yet Christ said they, they still weren't saved. So we see the fruit on the outside of these people, but the inside still not changed. Listen to this. Jesus said, in Matthew chapter 7, and beginning in verse 21, he says, well, he begins, he says, uh, so then you will know them by their fruits. He just talked about the you know fruit being a, a, an evidence of true salvation. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So not everybody who says I'm a Christian, I'm a disciple, I call Jesus Lord, I sing in the praise band on Sunday morning. Not everybody that claims to be a Christian is a Christian under the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my father who is in heaven. So that's again, talking about 
the, the saving faith, the kind of faith that produces works, produces uh, spiritual fruit. But then he says this, watch this. He says, many, many will say to me on that day, that's the day of judgment, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? So here are these people that are exhibiting not just love, joy, peace, patience. They're exhibiting miraculous kind of fruit, the kind of fruit that people, whoa, they're not just a Christian, man. They're super Christians right there, right? Listen to what Jesus says about some of those, well, actually many of those people. He says, and I will declare to them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So Christ is issuing a warning to let us know that it's not just going out and doing stuff in the name of Jesus that makes us saved, that salvation begins in the heart. It has to be both in. There has to be a reality and a change of heart. In fact, Hebrews chapter 6 tells us of people who have gotten just close enough to Christ and to salvation to taste it. They've, they've, they've caught, they've caught the, the ambience, the whiff, the aroma of salvation. They, they've participated in the benefits of a salvation community. You know, they've, they've gotten a little Jesus on them. They got a little, a little bit of a, of a salvation lifestyle on them. But he says, those people have never really come to know Christ. So we have to be careful of that. And yet saving faith will produce that fruit. Another, another thing about uh, this saving faith is that we understand that God says for those who are truly saved that he has forgiven and forgotten all our sins. He says in Isaiah 43, verse 25, that he will remember our sins no more. And God has to remember our sins again in order for us to be unsaved. He says, I'm not going to remember your sins anymore. Now, God knows everything, okay? So it's not that he like suddenly lost his omniscience. He can't think about your sins anymore. What that word remember means, it means to cause something from the past to affect the present relationship. That's what to forget means, biblically means God forgets your sins, meaning that whatever happened in the past concerning your sins does not affect his current relationship with you because of what Jesus did on the cross. That's what he's saying. The Bible says that God the Son has nailed all of our sins to the cross, Colossians 2, 13 and 14. Excuse me, how, how many of our sins has he nailed to the cross? All of them? Past, present, future? How many sins of yours were in the future tense when Jesus hung on the cross about 30 AD. How many of your sins? All of them, because you weren't born yet. So Christ died at that point in time to forgive all of your sins. And Romans 8, 16 tells us that the Holy Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. See, the Holy Spirit was given to you as God's solemn pledge that he will see you all the way through to heaven. He will accompany you all the way to from the day of salvation until the day of Christ Jesus. That's what Philippians 1, 1, 6 says. 
For I'm confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. See, that's God's commitment to you. So how do you know you're a Christian? Because you have believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You have cast yourself on him for salvation. And that act of faith, by receiving his grace in your life, has produced a change from the inside out. And the more that you are in God's word and the more you're seeking God in your Christian life, the more you are experiencing the benefits of that and the more you're growing in what that salvation really means. You see, we get saved one time and then we spend the rest of our lives unpacking the atom bomb of that salvation. I mean, we just scratch the surface of salvation. We spend the rest of our lives going into those caves and discovering really what salvation is all about and growing in him. So you know that you're a Christian because God says in his word that he'll forgive your sins if you trust in his son. You know you're a Christian because God says the kind of faith that saves is the kind of faith that ultimately produces good fruit. You know you're a Christian because God says in his word, I've forgotten your sins. You know you're a Christian because Jesus says, I nailed your sins to the cross. You know you're a Christian because the Holy Spirit of God testifies with your spirit that you are, that you are a son or daughter of God. You see, that knowledge is a knowledge that God wants us to to have in our heart. And you say, well, Jeff, you know, what guarantee do I have that that one day God's not going to wake up and just go, I'm kind of kind of tired of you now. You know, you just you you're not what I thought you were, and you didn't really turn out the way I thought you would turn out. So I'm just going to kind of withdraw my offer of salvation. Look, God has bound Himself by His own character and word. All right, that seal on the document of your salvation is sealed with the blood of Jesus Christ and backed up by the authority of the throne of a sovereign God. And we'll talk about next time about losing your salvation. If Here's the deal. When you begin to doubt your salvation, you have to begin to start tracing where that doubt's coming from. Is that doubt coming from you? Is it coming from your, your thoughts, your emotions? Is it coming from your experience? Are you, are you having a a spiritually dry season or you've fallen into sin and because you've fallen into sin all of a sudden you go well I guess I must not be saved is it coming from your experience is it coming from Satan is Satan tempting you now and and putting those thoughts in your mind is he directly contradicting the things that God says in his word you see those are some of the things you have to think about now I'll tell I'll tell you this now somebody listening to this broadcast right now maybe having doubts about their salvation. You need to work through this because there may be someone out there that their doubts about their salvation is actually coming from God because God wants you to see that you've never been saved to begin with. And I'm not advocating for you to, quote, unquote, get saved over again, but you to simply examine yourself, as Paul says, examine yourself to see if you are in the faith, if you are truly a Christian. And it's not about going back and saying, you know, how great were you as a five-year-old when you prayed to receive Christ with your parents or how, how incredible were you at 14 after you 
you know, walked forward at, at a youth camp or, or you prayed over the phone with someone who led you to Christ, you know, and you had this stellar experience. It's not about that. It's about looking at what God has done in your heart over time and seeing the progress that you've made. And most of all, more than anything else, understanding that your salvation didn't originate with you. And if it didn't originate with you, it's not going to continue by your hand. It's going to continue by the power of God himself because the Holy Spirit who testifies with your spirit also gives you the power to live for him. Hey, next time we're going to talk about can you lose your salvation? That's Monday on the Vintage Truth Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.